Hello and welcome to the Silver Linings Podcast. Thank you for listening, and I'm so excited to have you back with us again. I'm your host, Scott Stevens, and today's guest is Cameron Sawyer, a Hollywood film director. This episode is a little bit different than all the others we've done so far, and there's a good reason for that. We've covered some amazing stories to this point and heard firsthand from some of the most inspirational people I've ever met, but they've all been through a pretty serious or traumatic experience. And as I was shaping what I wanted this podcast to be about, it wasn't ever meant to be exclusively these serious, heart-wrenching stories every time. When you talk to people, you can find inspiration all around you. And that's what I found when talking to Cameron. So you'll see here in just a second, there wasn't one big thing that happened to him in his life or career that framed up his outlook on life and what he would describe as his silver lining per se. But he's been through a lot of rejection and disappointment to get to where he is now, and has a unique perspective as a result of that. I thought his story was definitely one worth sharing. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did, and let's get to the interview. We are here live with Cameron Sawyer, our next guest for our podcast. Cameron, thanks for coming on and, thanks, and doing this with us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So to start off, so everyone knows your story a little bit, I want to ask you the same three questions that we do every um, everybody that comes on mm-hmm. so that if they have no knowledge of what you've done or what you're up to, they can kind of know from the start. Right. So questions are, who are you, uh, what do you do, and what happened to you? Okay. So, uh, let's see. My name's Cameron Sawyer, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm a film director. And what happened to me is that I caught the filmmaking bug. Okay. We're going to get into that a little bit because that is not the typical answer as people that have listened to this podcast Mm -hmm. are thinking. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on and do this was because that is a little bit different answer um, than what most people will give. We've had Mm -hmm. some pretty serious... Um, stories and experiences come on and share from more of a traumatic, more of a kind of a sad thing. Mm-hmm. But this is more of an everyday, I think, type of story, type of adversity that you faced mm-hmm. to get here. So I think everyone will be able to relate to this in a little bit different way. Cool. Okay, so Cameron, to get to that point to say that you caught the filmmaking bug, mm-hmm. take us a little bit back into your story. So how did you first get into film? What inspired this this passion inside of you? Yeah, well, before we get to that... Mm-hmm. I. I need to say this, that um, I'm actually here in Los Angeles right now for a meeting with um, with this producer that wants to do a $40 million movie, Wow! which is really, really cool. I can't get into the details of everything, uh-huh. but I've got meetings um, at Paramount uh, tomorrow and on Thursday, and it's funny because I was telling a friend just recently about all that has transpired and he's just like oh man this is like this doesn't happen to anyone like you're gonna direct a 40 million dollar movie i mean you're just some kid from utah so i grew up in utah Uh and um and just out of nowhere you're gonna direct this movie and i was like no no it's it's not out of nowhere um this is like 10 years this is a culmination Uh of like 10 years and actually to be honest with you it'll probably be a longer process even from now to getting this first big budget movie. This is my first big budget movie. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be a much harder road yeah. than I can even imagine yeah. right now. But what I explained to him is that it's not just random. You know, um, you're asking when I was younger, 
I mean, when I used to go to the movies, uh, I was just like, this is the greatest thing there is. Like, I mean, honestly, when I looked at people who directed movies or acted in movies or whatever, I saw that as almost like um, an astronaut or something. You know, like when you're a kid, you're just like, oh, man, if I could do that, it would be like going yeah. to the moon or something. Yeah. So for me, it was movies. Yeah. And when I started college, I remember my, my mom asking me, like, what do you, what do you want to major in? Yeah. <laughs> and I was flipping through the, the, uh, the guide in the college guidebook because I honestly, did, I was like, what? The only thing I love is movies. Yeah. That's it. And it, it, that, I feel like a lot of people tell you something where, like, that's not something yeah, you don't actually do that. can do, right? Yeah, it's not that's math. Not, it's not that's science. That's not something you can actually do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I saw that there was a major for it. So I was like, all right, well, if there's a major for it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to declare that I'm a filmmaker, you know? Mm-hmm. But after a few years, I started to question that. I was like, because all my friends were, they were going into law or business or dentistry or whatever and I was like and I was dating this girl seriously I thought I was going to marry her and I was like this is irresponsible (laughs) like like, am I really going to make movies I mean come on well even if you are am I going to how am I going to make a yeah how am I going to make money you know and so um so anyways I pushed it aside and I did broadcast journalism which was fun oh so you actually didn't even Technically, I mean, quote, unquote, follow your dreams. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, no. You had this passion. You said, I'm yeah. going to do this. And you're like, well, maybe not no, exactly. No, I, I got cold feet my last year of college. And I switched majors over to broadcast journalism. Okay. Because I was like, that's sort of filmmaking. sort of, It's storytelling. And then I was like, this is stupid, man. Like, I mean, sorry for anybody who does <laughs> broadcast journalism for a living. It's an individual thing. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, what? Why am I going to tell stories about cats getting stuck in trees and when I can tell stories that I'm like passionate about or whatever? Mm-hmm. So, and again, yeah, broadcast journalism. I'm not trying to bag on that. So, <laughs> but um, anyway, so I finished that. Where, and then, and where, is it, where did you go to? I went to BYU, to Brigham okay, Young so University. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I took a job just like working for a cousin, doing marketing for an internet service provider up in Salt Lake. And I did that for a few years, and it didn't work out with that girl. And I had sort of like a midlife crisis in my late 20s. I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is not what I'm passionate about. Like, advertising for an internet service provider is not what I want to do. And I just, I I asked myself, what do you really, really want to do? And I went back to film. I just felt really passionately about that as a... um, as a career, and I, it's funny, I had a, like a kind of a mentor when I was growing up who's told me, you know, if you love something, you'll make, you'll figure out how to make money doing it. And I've never forgotten. He's like, I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's school teaching, broadcast journalism, <laughs> uh, you know, golf, whatever it is. Like, if you love it enough, yeah. this is the most important thing. He said, you'll work hard enough to get good enough that you'll make money. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm just going to go with that. And so I went back to film. I went to graduate film school at 29. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty late decision. That's a late game decision. Mm -hmm. And I went to a really good film school in Southern California. And 
it's a three-year program. All film schools are three years. Okay. And got to the, you know, I had to make a thesis film. And my graduate thesis advisor was an Academy Award-winning filmmaker. And he said, what are you going to do for your film? And I said, I'm going to do an autobiographical movie about my first relationship in the fifth grade. And it's, it's going to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call it She's a Fox. And he's like, well, explain it to me. And I, I told him it was about the movie. And he goes, well, it's not going to work. What? And I said, well, why isn't it going to work? And he said, because nobody will take a kid's love story seriously. And I said, well, that's the whole point. Uh-huh. I don't want them to take it seriously. It's a comedy, you know? And we just, we argued. And I remember I told him, I said, have you ever seen the movie Les Mistons by Francois Truffaut? And I, if, if most people listening to this are anything like me, I'm shaking my head going, I have yeah. no idea what you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, he's, he's like, I mean, you should really check him out. Anybody yeah. listening to this podcast should go and watch some of his movies. Um, Jules and Jim is one. 400 Blows is another. But he was... Um, an influential French filmmaker who did things completely different and stood out because he was so different. But one of his first movies was a short film about these um, these boys who had a crush on this older girl. And um, it's hilarious. It's like voiceover narrated. It's really funny. It's mm-hmm. like the narrator takes it so seriously because he's coming from the point of view of, of a kid, you know. And anyway, I just told him, I'm going to do it. I don't care. I'm going to do this movie. And I I went ahead and made the movie and it's arguably the most popular movie to ever come out of my film school really? ever. Mhm. And it played all over the world, won a bunch of awards. Um you can watch it actually. You can go on Vimeo okay. and watch it. Huh. It's called She's a Fox. It was Haley Steinfeld's first movie. Oh wow. She was the fox. She's I'm the guessing. fox. Yeah, she's the fox. And um yeah, so it was her first film, and it's crazy. Like, it, it was so successful that I was like, all right, here I, I'm, I'm off to the races. Yeah. Okay, so when you say successful for student, like, for how, do you, student how do you measure film. that? What, what sort mean, of things is that actually I mean, there weren't five movies in the whole world that played that many film festivals and won that many awards Okay, so you that go to year. film festivals with mm-hmm. your student project and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. So I sent out, um, I mean, I didn't sit on my hands or anything. I sent out letters to like probably a hundred agents managers Mm -hmm. and nobody signed me nobody and just to sort of like put that into perspective that's like getting into the elite eight in the ncaa Mm -hmm. tournament and being the best player on your team and not getting signed to even the canadian league you know (laughs) you know what i mean or whatever league is like the worst like minor league again not knocking any leagues yeah no yeah i'm sorry to to you canadian (laughs) basketball players out there so it was like really discouraging yeah because i was like how am i supposed to make it Mm -hmm. if if i have all the success and nobody wants to help me out yeah so this seems like this is just the beginning then of yeah lessons you're learning that you go from Film school mm-hmm. professor says not gonna work, and you yeah. say, "Watch me." Yeah, like, I'm and do it this. works. And then right after again, you're already getting another hit. Like, yeah, uh, nope, sorry, we're not pass. We're not interested. After yeah. it just had all this success, so right. um, seems like this is already like just from the very beginning, first year yeah. or a few years or whatever, doing this that you're already seeing like this uphill battle. Oh yeah, the, the I thought I'd be directing a feature film within a year, and you know. It's 10 yeah. years later. So, yeah. yeah so, um, 
I really kind of searched my soul and a lot of my a lot of the people that I went to film school with were taking the first job they could get because they just needed to make cash. So a lot of those people are still working on, you know, um, what's it called? Um, what are they called? Uh, reality shows. Uh-huh. Like, because reality producing is a pretty easy thing to get into. Okay. And they just jumped in. And I, I remembered there were two quotes that I remember from film school that I've never forgotten. One is, um, be careful what merry-go-round you get on because once you get on it's really hard to get off oh interesting okay yeah and yeah. so when you get into producing a reality reality show it's likely the next step is to produce another, another reality, reality show, show right yeah so i was just like i don't really want to do that so I, i'm just gonna i'm basically gonna take a step back and sort of figure out how oh and then the other piece of advice i got and sorry this is like taking forever i'll try to <laughs> economize my words the other piece of advice i got was um uh let's see sorry oh those who produce produce and i thought to myself man that's really interesting and that's true like i've looked at people's careers and those who like took a chance and produced their own thing likely ended up producing other mm-hmm. films so i decided to just take a few years basically off to write just okay. to write uh-huh. and i was like look i just want to make a feature film and I don't know how I'm going to get there, but that's what I'm going to do. So I took a job at a law firm that was really cool with me, like reading and writing while I answered phones. I was an assistant at a law office oh, okay. in Century City. Uh-huh. And um, I did that for three years. And I finally, I, I wrote two feature length scripts. They're both high school comedies because mm-hmm. I just love, I don't know, that's kind of where I feel at home, feel comfortable. Yeah, those were the, gl- the glory days, maybe? <laughs> um, well, kind of, I guess. But more than anything, it was what I knew. Yeah. Like, I had gotten the advice in film school, like, write what you know. Yeah. And so um, the one that was more, more close to my personal experience, I thought, I'm going to do that one because mm-hmm. I had success with She's a Fox. Yeah. So I may as well do this. So um, I did this. It's a film called Tim Timmerman. I decided I was going to do that. And I had somebody do the budget breakdown for me. And to film it in California, it was going to cost two and a half million dollars. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to raise two and a half million dollars? Mm-hmm. So I had this thought that if I went back to my home state in Utah, I could probably fly actors out from Los Angeles mm-hmm. and make this for a lot less. Okay. So you save on production and everything mm-hmm. else in, the, in exchange for getting people there. Right. So I had a line producer out in Utah do a budget breakdown, and it was $700,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, significantly. Yeah, so I went through, which was good, but it's still, I mean, that's a lot of money. So I basically slashed all the things that I thought we could do away with, basically. Mm -hmm. Just the bare bones. And it was still a lot of money, like a lot, but I slashed it down. Got it to a place. And by the way, leaving to go to Utah to make the movie was not an easy decision. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't think the script was quite in the right place. But I remember I was stuck in traffic one day. And I was like, I had this thought that if I don't leave right now and go and make this, next year I'll be at this exact same spot in traffic. Yeah. So anyway, I head back. Um, my little sister, who's just been a huge support my family's been super supportive i haven't had like i know this is a podcast about having opposition yeah 
my family has not given me any opposition at all. It's been the opposite. They've been like super supportive. Uh So my little sister dropped everything. She's like, I'm going to help you raise money. So the first thing we did is we made a Kickstarter video and tried to raise the money and we totally failed. (laughs) (laughs) Not where I thought it was going with that. Yeah, we totally failed. Um, You know, people said we like the concept looked good, the video looked good, but we just didn't didn't get the money. And um, it was a bummer because I thought, well, man, this is, if we can't even raise money on Kickstarter, like how are we going to raise money? But um, she pointed out that, you know, some some of the backers put in a lot of money. Yeah. So we reached out to those backers. There were about three or four of them. Okay. And said, hey, we noticed you put in a lot of money. We didn't, we failed, but would you help us on raising the money independently? And they said, yeah, like all of them, all four of those people. And it's interesting, like we thought that, you know, old rich people were going to fund the movie. Um, and those were the people we approached first. And they almost all of them said no. Mm-hmm. And we, I started approaching friends of mine that were maybe like five or ten years older that were established in their careers. Honestly, we ended up raising the money through mostly younger successful people yeah which is really it was really fascinating actually but um it took like nine months Mm -hmm. and we slowly the first person to invest in the film was my friend who's a professional gambler (laughs) (laughs) and i remember we went into his house and we pitched the idea of the movie to him and he goes uh i think i'm gonna do twenty thousand dollars (laughs) what i said really and he goes do you guys want that right now and we said, yeah. And so he, <laughs> he goes into the other room and he comes out with a duffel bag and he throws $10,000 over to my little sister and 10000 to me. And he goes, count it just to make sure. And <laughs> I mean, that sounds like something I out of a movie. I swear to you. I went into the other room and I was laughing so hard I was crying. Yeah. It was so funny, but I was so pumped because yeah. it got the it got the momentum going, you yeah. know? And I mean, I love him to this day. Mm-hmm. Like he was the very first. And... Uh, just for people listening to this, I mean, one of the most important things is we set a date and we just said, we're going to start production on this date. And then it gave us a deadline. Yeah. Had to work towards something. Yeah. We had to work towards something. Anyway, nine months passed and we barely had raised enough just to get through production. Yeah. And again, I thought to myself, well, it's not, we're not quite ready. I don't, maybe I should wait another year. Yeah. And I just you know, talking to my little sister and thinking about it, I just realized that if I don't move forward, if we don't move forward, it may never happen. Yeah. So we just moved forward. Um, and so how, let me ask a question at this yeah. point then. This is how long you've been out of film school now for four or five years, maybe three that, and a half. I okay. think three. And, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Cause three years, let's see. You did no, the three, three years, thing for three, three years. years. So yeah, now almost four years okay. at this point. Like how many? And it seems you're at that point. You're like wondering if this is ever going to work. Like how many times during that span were you just? Did you really like legitimately think I'm, I can't, I can't keep doing this? Like how many times did you want to give up in that span? Or was that um, like were you already just like? I mean, you're working as, well, as, as a law firm, being like I can do this. It's kind of interesting. Like my mentality was, I'm hundreds of thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know when somebody goes to medical school. They they go hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, but they have. I mean, they can 
make it back a lot easier. Yeah. But they have to do residency. Mm-hmm. They have to do a number of years of school. I just, I, my attitude was, this is my residency. Yeah. And I'm so committed to this. I'm just going to move forward. And so, yeah, I mean, it was four years out and I was nervous about it, but I was just like, I'm going to make a movie. I don't mm-hmm. care what happens. I don't care. I, this was the this was the mantra is that if I have to do it with a video camera in the backyard, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> It'll get made. <laughs> it's gonna get made. Yeah. Yeah. And um, no, but it was really scary. Like honestly, like even deciding after nine months, like to move forward, that was really really scary because we didn't have all the funds to finish the movie. We still needed like a hundred thousand oh, dollars. So you started and didn't think, and you didn't yeah. have enough at that point. So I was just like look, we're just going to do it. And and by then, I had had so many experiences of just moving forward when things weren't quite buttoned up mm-hmm. and having it work out that I was like, it's going to work out. People come forward. Like, if you're pushing forward, things happen and people come forward. So we got through production. It was insanely difficult. Like making a movie is like, I don't know if you've been on a film set or anything, mm-hmm. but it was just like, it tested everybody. Yeah. And we finished and we still needed to raise $100,000 and um, we cut it together. We pieced it together and we started showing the investors and it was actually those investors who got us connected to other people or put in more money because they yeah. believed in the film. Yeah. So we were able to get through... Um, post-production and then took it out on the festival circuit and it did did really well um but even still like we didn't get the kind of response that we were hoping for like i thought it was gonna get into sundance we didn't get into sundance didn't get into you know we got into some good festivals but nothing major and then um so again like yeah i was questioning like why why was I feeling so good about this? Why did I feel like I needed to do this? What, you know, was it really worth it? Maybe I should have waited. Yeah. And I had all these doubts come in and it was just like, I was pretty depressed about it, to be honest with you. Um, and um, and I was like, well, maybe my philosophies are wrong, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Which at that point, I mean, being hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt yeah. is, a, is a bad time to have that existential crisis. Yeah, exactly. Bit. But then I was just like, no, I'm just going to keep moving forward and see what happens. And it's crazy that um, this YouTube celebrity saw the movie and really liked it. And he was working with some producers at Paramount on a movie that he was doing and he said, Hey, I've never written a movie before. Do you want to help me write it? And I said, sure. So we started into the process and, um, and I met some really big producers through that process. And then this guy, um, had some personal challenges come up in his life, um, where he had to just take himself off the project. And again, I had nothing. I was just back to basically, Nothing. And I remember I was driving down the street one day and I was like, wait a minute. I know these producers now at Paramount. I'm just going to reach out to them and see. Because I have a few ideas for projects. And I reached out and one of the producers said, do you want to meet for lunch on Thursday? And I was in Utah. And I said, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'll figure out how to get there. This was like Tuesday. Yeah. So I bought a plane ticket. I flew out to LA for lunch and I flew back. (laughs) And we hit it off, and he liked one of the ideas. Uh-huh. 
and we started working on that. Um, it was a TV show. Started working on that together. And then my creative partner, who I met through the movie, he was just an actor on the film, just a brilliant actor, like super funny guy, Christian Busseth is his name. He came to me one day and he said, um, I've got this really great uh, novel that hasn't been made into a movie. Or I, know, I know the author of this mm-hmm. novel. So I read the novel and I was just like, this is incredible. This is a movie. So he and I convinced the author, uh, convinced him to give us an option on the novel for like, you know, six months or so. And we wrote the script in like a couple of months. And now we're like really far along in mm-hmm. getting it made. I mean, we're starting to have meetings now. And yeah. And so that, this is the project you mentioned all this the way at the, the project beginning, at right? the beginning. This is, this is the yeah. one that could be, from a sense, because the Tim Timmerman movie was mm-hmm. like a little bit of maybe establishing yourself, would you say? Yeah. Like getting your name out there a little bit more so, or at least getting, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it, like street cred, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. You've made, you've made something, you set out to do it, you did it. Yeah. But then this would be like This would be first the first big budget. Big break, mm-hmm. right? As far as when people say like, that was your first big name thing that people would really start right. to know you by. Yeah, and it's interesting because just the experience of making Tim Timmerman, like if I could go back and make it again, it would be different. Yeah. It'd be a different movie. Like it's interesting how much you learn just by going through something. You know, like I don't know, it's just hard, it's hard to even explain. Like um I'm just the bottom line is I'm just happy that I moved forward. Yeah. Cuz had I waited, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I am right now. Yeah. And I feel like I've learned so much and I'm in, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I was, I thought I was a better filmmaker than I was when I went into it. But now I feel like I'm even better than, than that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I guess the point is, is that moving forward has been, um, I, I just, I believe in it now. Yeah. I just have a testament to it. Like you don't have to have everything in place Mm -hmm. to move forward. You just have to have enough. Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess I think we face in our lives, no matter what it is, if you're mm-hmm. on a film set, you know, big budget thing, yeah. you're working in some other office, maybe you're in, uh, you know, in broadcast journalism, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. whatever, whatever it is, you face these moments where you start wondering, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What, do I want to keep doing this? Right. You start questioning if this is the right path. Right. Um, you should be on some of us. I've been on that path mm-hmm. many times where I've questioned, what do I want to be doing? What, yeah. where do I want to end up? Yeah. Um, with something like this. So I'm curious, as you look back at that arc that you've taken, mm-hmm. what do you think of all those things you talked about? What was the hardest phase of that? Is there one that you're like, that was where I struggled the most? Um, with with whether it's self-confidence or like just thinking you were going to give up or anything like that. Honestly, I think it was after the f- my first feature film. Yeah? Yeah, because that so was... After Tim Timmerman. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I expected that to get distribution and like, I mean, we got regional distribution, like it opened in some Western United States. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, yeah, that's where it really hit me. Like I was like, wait a minute, this might be over for me. But, um, and I don't, I, you know, it's, I'm glad you asked that question because it's interesting because I, I thought about giving up again, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've had all these moments where I've thought, well, maybe I should just throw in the towel or something and I don't know I just had this moment where I was just like no I'm I'm gonna double my efforts you know what I mean like 
it, maybe it's just because I'm not committed enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, did, I didn't put it on the, the situation. I put it on myself, which yeah. I think we're, we're really quick to come up with excuses. And I mean, I am to mm-hmm. say like, well, it's just not working out. So I'm just going to do something different. Things aren't, things aren't going my way. Things they aren't going my are way. going to fall my way, right? Yeah. So I just, I was just like, no, I think, I think I just need to learn more. And so I just studied, I just doubled my efforts in studying film mm-hmm. And, uh, and in being aggressive, like going out for that lunch meeting, like, I don't know. It's, um, it sounds like from from my experience in talking to people that are in the film industry too, I feel like the words that get tossed around, is like big break. You know, Mm -hmm. I got lucky in this, Yeah. but with the way that you talk about it versus what actually led you there, like actually different Mm -hmm. because it's that, what's the quote that's, you know, like I find that the. The harder you work, the luckier you are. Yes, that luck I, actually that's true. Is, is based on work in that sense. Yeah, sorry, that's my. Uh, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. I actually believe that that like I've come to learn that that is a true principle. Yeah. Like, the harder you work, the more opportunities you get, and the more opportunities you get, the luckier yeah. you get. I guess yeah. I don't know. The other question I have then is, so I work, my background is working as a writer in mm-hmm. advertising for the most part. So yeah. the similarities to film is that most of the time we're just coming up with ideas mm-hmm. for, a, for a commercial, for a campaign, for something like that, and we're pitching that. Mm-hmm. And you get told no a lot more than you ever get told yes, yeah, yeah. right? You get rejected mm-hmm. quite a bit. I mean, the only right. thing I could, the only, I guess, analogy I could make is a lot like dating, that yeah. you, like, you... It works out a lot less than it actually does work out. <laughs> right, for you, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, your your success rate or your batting average is not uh-huh. very high. So you, I mean, you go through hundreds and thousands of ideas that you pitch right. throughout your career, and and probably ideas for movies and different mm-hmm. things you've been talking about as well. That people just say, like, no, pass. Yeah. I don't want it. How is it that you you think you you're able to pick yourself back up when that happens? How is it you can really like? Yeah, I mean, what is it? Because well, it that's, goes that's the back hard thing to is how do you deal with so much rejection? I know what the question. I know what the question is, and you know what it comes down to, honestly, Scott, is um, knowing what's true in your heart. Because the thing is, it, I'll go back to film school. My thesis advisor was an Academy Award-winning writer, and he was telling me my graduate thesis film would not work. Mm-hmm. And so, if if I didn't have the conviction in my heart that it would work, then I would listen to him and I would take that to heart and not what I was really feeling. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so I'm glad I didn't listen to him. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think sometimes it's good to take advice if it, feel, yeah, if it feels <laughs> I mean, from, true. From an Academy Award no, winner. No, but maybe, I mean, but. seriously, like I, what I would say to anyone is what does your heart tell you? Because if something feels true and you're hearing something else, then, then that person doesn't have your vision, you know, yeah. and your vision is everything. Yeah. Like, again, I mean, let's say, for instance, that you have a passion for broadcast journalism mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you're and people are telling you that you can't make any money, that... Um, no one's ever going to watch your show because of X, Y, or Z, right? Well, if you believe it's going to be good, if if it's something you want to see and you know you can get good enough at it, then 
you have to listen to that and not what they say. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, most people are just trying to protect you. They're trying to help you out. I mean, my thesis advisor is trying to help me out. But I'm, I'm just glad that I followed my convictions there. And um, I just, I don't know. I guess that's the most important thing is just to know, to be anchored in whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah. Do you think it would have changed your, let's say, with the... Uh the experience with your college professor mm-hmm. from that one, let's say he had been right. Yeah. And that would have messed you, with and me. And you made it. No, that would have messed with me. You made the me. film and it didn't get anything. And he just look, look, I told yeah. you, like, do you think you would have been able to keep going at that point? Or would that have been like, I don't know. Shook and then I honestly do don't even know. I don't know. I, I probably would have been able to keep going just yeah. because I love it so much, yeah. but it was, it, that's where the luck comes in. I, I feel very lucky that it turned out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, like raising the money for the feature film, mm-hmm. m- w- most people that that uh, invested said I invested because I liked the short film so much. Hmm. So, so they I, were investing in you. Yeah. A little bit, right? They yeah. knew what you were capable of. They knew your taste. They mm-hmm. trusted you to get it done rather yeah. than like, oh, the script is a, is a winner. Yeah. Whatever. And by the way, I'm happy with how it turned out. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with that movie. I'm just, I just wish it would have gotten wider. Yeah, a wider distribution. It may still at yeah. some point. Yeah. You know, I don't some, know. Sometimes the most the greatest classics aren't appreciated. In I know. Time, I right? mean, who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I I really don't have a sense for it. I just know that it's decent. I just don't. I don't have a sense for yeah. how well it's going to do in the future. But it yeah. it hasn't performed like we wanted it to. Yeah. But but I'm happy for the things that I've learned mm-hmm. and. Uh, so let's yeah. let's go back then to the beginning of that process. What mm-hmm. would you have done differently? Because now mm-hmm. I feel like that's something you learn in your career, in your life, or whatever. Like when you can look back and have twenty twenty hindsight. Yeah, that's it, it. Changes a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't know that when you're in it. You can't see the forest from the trees sometimes. Yeah. But now that you look back at that whole process, is there anything specifically you think you could have or would have done differently? Well, it's interesting because when the film wasn't performing like I wanted it to perform. That's when I was like, well, maybe I should have taken another year to write mm. the script, you know? But now, as of today, right now, I wouldn't change a thing about anything because all of this has brought me opportunity and brought me experience. And I mean, it's hard to even explain. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, well, would you do? Let's let's reframe it as this then. Mm-hmm. Sitting where you are now. Yeah. Would you change anything about your career? Did you think learn it? You had to go through what you went through. To I think learn I those had to go now? through. I mean, honestly, even if had I written on it for another year, like I just didn't know things that I learned by making the film. I don't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just experience that's the thing about life is just that um experience is the greatest teacher you know Mm -hmm. you can't really learn unless you do which this is something i'm learning and and one of the reasons i wanted to have kind of this is a little bit different i think viewpoint than some of the other podcasts we've Mm -hmm. done because this is a ongoing several year process yeah rejection success rejection again yeah you know and perseverance and stuff like that 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 Mm -hmm. i think you can find your own silver lining to as to what you've learned mm-hmm. versus some of these others that sometimes when you go through a traumatic experience, you know, whatever tragedy it is, it's not necessarily that you like, oh, I'm grateful that I went through that. Yeah. 
no one's grateful that they got cancer. No one's grateful that, you know, this or that happened. But once it once you've gone through it and you look at it and you say, okay, well, here's my life in front of me now. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the opportunities that I've been presented with and how can I make the most of it? Right. How can I put a smile on my face mm-hmm. and just keep going the best that I can? Because I think it's when you let those things define you and let them hold you down, that's mm-hmm. when yeah. you want to say you uh, win or lose in life type of thing. It's a matter of... Of, I mean, again, my personal thing is I think that's based on optimism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the most out of it is if you can find the good yeah. in whatever bad you've gone through. Yeah, I actually no, it's interesting as you as you speak and as I hear you saying these things. Um, I haven't been on, I haven't been alive for very long. I mean, <laughs> but I know, I do know that one thing I've noticed just about my. Um, my own experiences is that I'm if I'm my biggest um, hindrance to Mm -hmm. success or failure like my viewpoint my attitude and it's it's so so cliche I think of the poster of like an eagle flying like attitude is altitude (laughs) or something (laughs) but um, but it's actually true it's like a true statement like so there's a reason those posters are on every there's high school. There's a reason why posters are yeah, I mean, you know, if we I think we oftentimes we assume that we can't do something or we um let criticism get in the way and we believe what someone's saying or um I don't know, but if you really again, if you have knowledge or if you have a focus um and you think right, then you can accomplish some pretty good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. if you were going to give advice to somebody else starting film mm-hmm. school now yeah. or something like that, that, you know, whether they were going to have to go through this sort of experience that you've gone through, mm-hmm. maybe they were going to have a big break right out of film school or something yeah. like that. I mean, what is what is the advice you give to other people when they talk about, hey, I want to make films too. I want to do this or that. What, uh, are, the, what are the cautions you give them? Well... I, I the first thing I ask for sure is is it in your heart? Mm-hmm. Like, could you live in a cardboard box on the street and make films? Because yeah. if you if you if your answer is I don't know, then then maybe you should be a producer in film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like an assistant editor or something. Like this, yeah. I'm talking about acting or directing or yeah. like the most um, competitive. Yeah, feelings. the ones when there's like the Hollywood feel good stories. Yeah, and- yeah. Like if it's not in your bones like I said mm-hmm. earlier I caught the bug yeah. like if you don't have that kind of love for it then you should probably consider a different mm. area of filmmaking yeah. or a different path um, yeah so that's I don't Do you, know. and is that because I mean just hearing you talk about it like it's because you're gonna get because you're gonna get knocked down. You're gonna get knocked down, mm-hmm. and if you don't have that north star or something, you're gonna that's... get knocked down if you're doing well. I mean, that's the thing. Like you, <laughs> yeah, you have yeah. to have the north star, mm-hmm. and just be so in love with it that you're willing to put in like the sacrifice. You're willing to do your. Um, mm-hmm. What do, what do the doctors go through? They do their their res your residency. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. So then. Let me ask your, your advice towards this because a lot of people listening, obviously the majority, probably yeah. almost everyone listening to this, is not going to be in the film industry. Yeah. So someone in another field and they're, they're 
because to me, I, I look at this and I look at my own career and I think of other people that I've talked mm-hmm. to and they think, you know, I just don't know that I'm passionate about yeah. accounting or, mm-hmm. or, you know, being even in law school or something right. like that. Do you think it's the same for those people or what do you think they can draw oh, from this from your yeah. experience? Well, again, yeah, no, that's a really good question because people have different uh, loves and in- interests and stuff like that. Um, honestly, a true principle in life is work and compensation. Mm-hmm. It's true in every aspect of life. Like if a spider builds a really big web, it's going to get some food. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, like the thing that I learned more than anything at film school is those that worked the hardest had the best projects. I mean, clearly people have more talent, innate talent at certain things, yeah. you know, like if you're six foot nine, you're probably going to be a better basketball player yeah. than somebody who's five foot eight, unless you're Spud Webb and you work really hard. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. But like, honestly though, like if you have even a little bit of talent and a lot of desire, then you will put in the work to get better at everybody else. And it's funny. I just went to an NBA basketball game. Speaking of basketball, I'm, I'm a big sports fan. And it was halftime. And I noticed that the players, they do a shoot around like a half hour before the game. Mm-hmm. And then they do a shoot around at halftime. Yeah. And I, I, th- I thought about that. And I was like, they're constantly practicing. They're constantly sharpening the saw. And it's because they want the competitive advantage. And so I don't know. As far as anything career-related, you just have to believe in work. And I'm telling you, you don't have to believe me. Whoever's listening to this right now, you don't have to believe me. But I promise you, work will win out every time. Mm -hmm. Work and desire will win out every single time. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's all I would suggest to anyone going into anything is just practice and work. Yeah. That's it. That's how you create your own luck. Yes. Right? Yeah, uh-huh. because then you get noticed. Because yeah. if you yeah, if you start doing good things, then you get noticed and it just gets gives yeah. you more opportunity. If you found that as you're able to look back and even now probably just talking back and mm-hmm. like looking big picture of all this whole thing, if you yeah. think is there is there a way to somehow relish the tough times when they come. So the next time, because mm. inevitably hearing you talk, I know this isn't going to be the last time you face a challenge getting yeah. a film made. You know, maybe even in this big project coming, like when when opposition comes your way mm-hmm. and it knocks you down again, like is there a way to enjoy that a little bit more knowing that well, it's part of that or is it just kind of like, I don't think it's it ever enjoyable when you, <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's ever enjoyable to get kicked in the face. Yeah. Because, but, um, but when I get kicked in the face now, um, I've had so, I'm telling you, Scott, I've had so many opportunities where a door shuts and another door opens Mm -hmm. that I just immediately expect, I just ask myself, okay, what's going to be the open door? What's going to be the angle? Like, um, I don't know. That's, yeah, like. Which that's a pretty positive attitude right there, which it sounds like I think it's part of who you are innately. Well, I think it's I'm developing that. I'm developing it. Like, I honestly, I don't have super thick skin. I'm a pretty emotional really? person. Yeah. So you think so that's something you've developed? I think I've developed it, yeah. Like, I almost expect now for something to go wrong. And when it does, I, I just know it's going to work out. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. still stressful yeah. in the moment, but... Yeah. 
I've had enough enough experience now to know that things have a way of working out. You know. Yeah. You plan. So, you plan for the worst and then yeah, expect like, the best. I, as thing. an example, I'm going up for meetings at Paramount mm-hmm. tomorrow and on Thursday. Meeting with some huge producers, and they're pumped about this, but it could fall apart. They could get yeah. Tomorrow they could be like, we're not interested anymore. Yeah. And I've already decided that I'm not going to let that stop me. Yeah. I'm going to take those relationships that I've developed and work on something something new. Yeah. yeah or I mean, if if there's still if there's still a chance to get this one made, yeah. maybe we'll take it somewhere else. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. mean, the thing is, is like. I don't know. I've just gotten to the point where, and it's almost fun. It's like life is, I, I hate to, this sounds stupid, but work is fun, man. It's yeah. fun to work through problems and issues. And that's yeah. basically all we do in this life. Yeah, absolutely. So what I want to touch on at the end too. So if you could, to think about the one thing. So if you were to give mm-hmm. people your silver lining to the things yeah. you've been through, right? So like, what's the, the, the moral of, of the moral Cameron's of the story. story, right? That at the end of this is like, okay, why, you know, and, and we've talked a lot about it already, yeah. right? Like what it is to get back up again and the mm-hmm. hard work aspect of all this. Um, but from a fun side of that, as you think about it, mm-hmm. the one I want to touch on. So this movie, again, hopefully, this, maybe this will be the the podcast that finally pushes Tim Timmerman yeah. just to become this cult success. If we here, make this it. movie, I'll have to come back and <laughs> yeah. do another podcast. We'll come back on and I'm do sure some more for the next I'm hoping this next project goes well. And we can yeah. have you back regardless, Let's right? Do and it, just dude. be like, okay, well, Let's here's all the listen to these crazy stories of what <laughs> oh, went man. wrong, but we yeah. got it done. Um, so Tim Timmerman, and mm-hmm. it's, I think I can't remember the, the tagline is Hope of America. Hope right? of America, yeah. So my personal thing, and I want to do this more of a shout out as a yeah. personal note for my brother, my yeah. oldest brother, <laughs> because growing up, my oldest brother won the Hope of America award. Yeah, uh, when he was in high school, that is hilarious. And still to this day, he's almost forty years old, and yeah. he still he still talks he, about it. Still, yeah. still brings it up. Like I was always jealous of kids that won the Hope of America yeah. award. Because so. and so the thing my wife pointed out on mm-hmm. your movie when she read the stuff as we watched it again recently yeah. was. Um, it said that, that that movie was a little bit of a loose biographical Loosely. sketch. So can you, I mean, talk yeah, about that? Like how much of that was based on on personal tr- actual experience? Yeah, I was I was like the worst student body president in high school history. Yeah. And so, but you were student body president. I was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and I did it to pad my resume to yeah. get into college. And so, um, it's funny when I was deciding on what I should do for a movie. And I was looking at all the politicians out there, and it yeah. reminded me of what I was like in high school. Mm-hmm. Just the immaturity and the just trying to get ahead and things like that. And um, and I just thought it was so funny. And so that was what yeah, it, that's what inspired the whole movie. And I remembered the Hope of America Award because I had friends who won it, and I was really jealous and things like that. Yeah. And so. Um, yeah, that's what it's. That's yeah. what it was based on loosely. So. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen it, um, I think anyone who grew up going to high school, especially in, in Utah, the 90s, but nineties, yeah. even early. I was in high school early two thousands. Yeah. Did, like I mean, I remember playing the game of assassins. Yeah. That game where you uh, did you guys do this in high school? We did. Where yeah. You, you get a name and you go shoot someone with a pellet gun. and uh-huh. They give you your name. Yeah. And the game carries on until you eliminate it. I just that like to me brought back so many Some memories, memories of doing yeah. this this sort of stuff. So it was. <laughs> good. It was. There was a lot of fun. Um, really like tiebacks into to yeah. high school memories and such so oh, that's cool um it was a good one so tim timmerman hope of america um i think you can just it's on amazon can, and itunes right amazon now. and itunes mm-hmm. so you can click it and get that just the touch of a button um to check that out but so then yeah. to wrap this up then yeah what is do you think if you had to frame this your whole story like 
your one silver lining to mm-hmm. let others know or learn from your experience so they don't have to go through the hardships or the trials and stuff like that to do that. What would be your, your piece of advice there? Um, again, I, I think just the piece of advice is, and it's all the cliche stuff, like listen, listen to your heart, but more importantly, uh, work towards something and, um, don't come up with excuses for why you can't do it. Yeah. And especially, I think, when those tough time comes, mm-hmm. whether it be a life-changing situation or it might just be, you know, another run-of-the-mill every day, like something didn't go your way. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, that if you're willing to just put in the work and not let that get you Power through stuff, you, yeah. Uh-huh, that can make a, a huge difference. Yeah, just because, again, like we've talked about this the whole podcast, but if you're going to have opposition, but the, the biggest opposing factor in your life is going to be your own thoughts. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. I don't know if, am I being delusional here? Mm-hmm. Like, can I really get this done? But, um, I've just found that like moving forward, even when you're not like fully sure of something, Yeah. if you work really hard, it usually works out. Yeah. Well, I think that's know? something I think I deal with a lot. And I think a lot of people do like, that you are often your own worst enemy. Oh, totally. How much you talk yeah. yourself out of something mm-hmm. or say, I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not. You know, I just yeah. I can't do this. I can't do what other people did. Like, you you hear these stories and you think, what? They just, you know what? They got a lucky break. They got that, a break, yeah. I'm not as, as fortunate as, mm-hmm. as they are. But hearing you talk about it, it's like, you know what? None of that matters. It's You're going to make your own luck. And it might not be the same story or the same mm-hmm. path as everybody else, but that doesn't mean that, that you can't find a way to make it happen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So just being optimistic. Awesome. And, well, we look forward yeah. to uh, seeing what what's to come well, in the thanks, future, man. man. I feel, yeah, like, this is, I I feel like this is just the beginning. For I hope so, yeah. Cameron um, Sawyer, when we see your name at the Oscars down the road or something, yeah, yeah. you know, who knows. But uh, I appreciate you coming on and well, sharing this. Scott, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, man. Our thanks go out once again to Cameron for taking time out of his busy schedule while he was here in California. I had a really great time sitting down with him and getting a chance to hear his insight and perspective about his life and career and the things he's been through. And thanks again to each and every one of you for listening to the podcast. We would love to hear more from you and hear what you think about this episode or the podcast in general. It makes it all worthwhile when we get to hear from you and hear how these stories are impacting the people who listen to them. So feel free to reach out on our website at silverliningspod.com or on social media. Our Instagram handle is at silverliningspodcast. Drop us a note, leave us a comment or a message, and share the podcast with your friends. Stay tuned for more episodes of the coming weeks as well, here on the Silver Linings Podcast, the show all about finding the good in the bad. Thanks, and talk soon.